Today we have a very special guest, Hannah Jager. Uh, she and I go back a couple years now, and she is a former CMO in the B2B space, and now she has started her own side thing and consulting. Hannah, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's nice to be here. And well, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now? Yeah, so I um, was CMO at a company for almost a decade, and I um, recently left to kind of start my own thing as a fractional CMO, um, which allows me to kind of bring my skill set to more than one company at once, honestly, just in a fractional way. And I'm really passionate about helping like the smaller businesses that don't necessarily have the need or the budget for a full-time CMO. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, so we're, I'm really excited to talk to you because I think you have a great perspective, especially with smaller companies who might not have bought video content specifically before or, or done campaigns or content in general. And when it comes to like HR and marketing, a lot of companies, they see other larger companies or maybe their competitors invest into like essentially employer branding. Mm -hmm. And if I was an employee branding, how would I, what would be the first steps that you would advise me to do if I was approaching my CMO like yourself and was yeah. like, I need video content? What would be the first things that you would ask? Yeah. Well, I just, I think that the employer branding space in general is so important. And I think a lot of companies don't like quite know how to do it well and within budget and all of that. Um, in my experience, employer branding is like a gray area because you have like the HR and the talent acquisition team that, you know, have their own set of responsibilities. And then you have the marketing team that is often being tasked with focusing strictly on revenue generating activities. And so then where does employer branding get left? Like the HR team doesn't really know how to do it you know, something I have loved in my time as a CMO is kind of supporting HR and hiring and all of that in, in building some really great employer branding content that they can use through every stage of the process with a candidate. So when you were a CMO, who who was in charge of of sort of the, the video content that the, the employer branding was? Did you end up taking that on? Was yeah. it like a collaborative thing? So... Ultimately, me and the marketing team owned it. We were kind of the people saying, I think you guys need this. I think we all need this. Um, you know, no team can operate in a silo and be successful, obviously. So it was a lot of like making sure that we are fully aligned with the HR team about what are their goals? Like, what are your hiring goals? Uh, is it to hire X number of salespeople? Do you want those to be seasoned salespeople or junior people? Because regardless of what the answer is, like that, those two groups of people need like different content for them, like content that answers questions about what the first year at the company might be like, things like that. So just making sure we were kind of like always aligned. Um, but yeah, it was something that the marketing team owned. In our experience with working with a lot of in the employer branding space, as we find ourselves speaking with someone that have no background and it's almost it's I think it's like almost as if we're like just having to educate them on like what creating content works and then I feel for those for like some of those clients or those people in that position because they really probably should have someone from marketing helping out you saying that was making me remember a time the probably the first time that we worked together um and 
we came from two, like we didn't, we didn't know, we didn't know we both would be there. And then we <laughs> yeah. just, yeah. And like, I just remember you being like, Oh, Hannah, like you've got this together. Like I was a person off camera, like doing the interviews of the personalities. And I had like, I was really trying to create the experience for the employees that we are including. And I just, I could also never be an HR person. So like, we can't expect people like right. HR leaders to necessarily be content creators, like you said. So that's why I think it's really helpful for someone with like a, a marketing and branding mindset to help facilitate that type, that type of content. Yeah, it's also nice on the production side because I'm, you know, they'll be like, whatever you think. And I'm like, but it's for you, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, I what, need, what like, do you want? Like, yeah. what, like I might, I could go anywhere with this, right? Yeah. Or like, so yeah. yeah, I think that'd be great too. Um, in that same vein, um, I think, I think an interesting thing, especially in the corporate world, is trying to, I guess, have it not feel like a corporate video, but also make the messaging with corporate video feel believable. Employer branding is all about selling your brand to a future employer, but normally that comes out dry or, or unconvincing. And do you have any, I guess, like advice or tips from yeah. the marketing side for an HR representative to go about that? I mean, obviously I care so much about storytelling. Um, I think it's so important and, but it has to be authentic because like the way we all consume content these days, it's like very easy to spot when something is not authentic. So, and every company is different. Like every company has a different personality kind of woven into the fabric of it. So I just feel like going into building any employer branding content, you have to really think about like, what are the goals? Cause like if I'm making my first one, let's just say I'm a company. Yeah. I'm going to invest in some employer branding video content this year. You could go so many different ways, but like at the end of the day, like let's focus on the most important thing. Is it a personality based video really showing the personality at the company? Is it talking about the perks at your company? Is it talking about, uh, the like learning and development opportunities. Like there's so many different things that you could talk about and you cannot squeeze all of those things into one or two videos. So it's really about just deciding like, what's the key goal here? What's the biggest need? I personally love the personality focused videos. Like if I was looking for a job, like that's the type of stuff that I would be looking for. Like, okay, what, what is this company like really like? Like, let me hear it from the people who work at that company rather than, like an, a branding agency uh, or and stuff. Right, or, right, or like a model uh, with a script. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah, to like I want to see the like real people. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we talked in the past that you sort of, when you were helping out HR departments, you had like a toolkit. Like you would give them sort of like what you guys would call a toolkit. Can you kind of describe on what what was in yeah. that? Like what did that cover? A Something that marketers do um, is like, uh, like nurture strategies. Like how do you nurture leads? Like let, let's just, let's just say you're supporting a sales team and you have a lead and you're not going to just hand it over to sales right away. Like here's this lead for marketing. You want to nurture them over time with related content that is relevant to whatever they're trying to do. So taking that strategy of like nurturing leads I've then worked with HR teams to say like, here's a toolkit of employer branding content that you can use to like nurture the relationships with these people you're talking to. So 
Um, because again, you can't ask an HR professional as amazing as they might be. You can't ask them to like necessarily have that marketing mindset. Um, so an example would be, let's say the marketing team had created some employer branding, like video content. And then we also designed some infographics that talked about like what a typical first 90 days looks like, or what a first year kind of roadmap might look like. We would then kind of advise the HR team on like, here are the different things that we have for you to use. And like, here are some strategic ways to use it. It could be that as soon as you have a conversation with a candidate, you're sending them an email with a link to whatever, or it could be that you're sharing it on LinkedIn. Like there's so many different ways, but you know, rather than just like handing over a dump of content to them, like I'd rather advise right. them on like strategic ways to use it. We talked about the importance sometimes. I think this goes for all content, not just in the HR space, but like, especially I think with branded content and, and employer branding, it's like, you can't always give a direct to sell equation for the success of a video or a photograph or any kind of marketing campaign. So for other CMOs out there that might be struggling with this with their own financial decision makers, what advice would you give them if they're if they're trying to get approval for something that might not have a direct ROI? So what's not easy in my experience is proving ROI on anything that's about a broader brand feel and not just like a specific direct to sale marketing tactic. So the way I am as a marketer is there's like a very heavy focus on the holistic brand. So like you can market a million different ways, but like how is the brand, like what's the brand narrative? Like is it in a good place before we actually do all this brand awareness stuff? And so, you know, same goes for employer branding. Like you can't say, well, if we spend this amount of dollars to create a video that is high quality, it's going to result in X, Y, and Z dollars of ROI. Like there's just no way to say that. So generally the, the metrics that we would look at are like, did this um, increase referral rates? Did this increase application rates? Um, has it impacted retention at all? Um, so there's a lot of different ways. It's really like individual by the company, but, um, I would be the first to say that it's like not easy to prove, prove ROI on that. Let's say they're doing a campaign and they're not, they're not in that video itself. They're not actually pushing a specific product or service. How would you recommend you view the results, whatever they may, but like, what are the metrics that you think <clears throat> for something that isn't like a direct to sale? the majority of my experience as a CMO is in B2B professional services. And mm -hmm. so again, that's not a product. It's a, it's a abstract service. It's a personal relationship type of thing. And so what I would always talk to our salespeople about is just having like not having a transactional mindset, meaning like this, a lot of this marketing content we're creating is not about selling anything. It's literally just meant to educate and advise and build trust and credibility over time. So like maybe there's not a sale on the table right now, but six to 12 months from now when there might be a sale on the table, like you can, you can go back you can, to, they'll remember, Oh, this company, I remember, okay. They shared all that like really helpful content with me and stuff like that. So it's just a long game. Like I, 
I love data. Like I'm a metrics gal, but like there are things, there are certain things that you just can't, you cannot tie to a specific number. And that is also very frustrating, but it's the reality. So let's say I'm a CMO, I'm in the room, I've got this idea. I'm picturing it. Yeah, yeah, okay, so I'm <laughs> in the room. I, I know that I'm not gonna have good metrics for sales from for this like content, I don't have any good examples. Like, what is like, how should I approach that conversation with the financial decision makers? You have to A, like know who your audience is. Like who are the people that I'm presenting this to and like what makes them tick and like what are their, what are the challenges involved there? So like kind of like knowing what the communication style is. I think also just being like very clear about your goals and why you in that moment feel that employer branding content is so important. You could pull out an example. So let's say as a company, like you know that you have a lot of people applying for jobs and then they're not converting. You're losing them somewhere in the process. Like that's a challenge that you need to address somehow. And I think authentic kind of like educational content about the company would, would help that. So like that's an example of like, okay, here's what we're facing as a company. Here's how this can address this. I know you talked before about employee referrals, retention, mm-hmm. um, and then just a number of applications can be sometimes a good measure to stick to it's yeah. if you're doing employee branding. And I, yeah, and I also just think like being able to share industry data points like, hey, uh, content with videos gets shared X times more than content without videos, stuff like that. So another topic I would love your perspective on because I, f- I find this interesting personally is like all of our social media platforms are built for the individual, right? And like the profiles are made to be individuals, mm-hmm. but you also to be competitive need to have, you know, a brand or a corporation needs to have also a voice on these socials, but it's not really made for a, a company like to be on. So what would you recommend? Like how, 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 how do you give a, like a company of voice, whether it's an HR, just a branded team or like as a whole? That's a good question. Um, I love when companies, like I think you mentioned at one point, just like taking risks in that regard. Like I love when companies like choose to just really lean in hard to like an interesting personality. So I think we were talking about, like you said, Wendy's. Yeah, like Wendy's mean tweets or not mean (laughs) tweets, but like they just don't back down and talk basically smack about other (laughs) other (laughs) other competitors on it. But and I think and I think the risk, though, is like at least I'm assuming the risk is that you don't want to like alienate people that you're too aggressive. But then you also can maybe drive up like a really strong following. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, hard to make those decisions as like a branding leader because, you know, Ultimately, I think in most cases, your product or service or your personality is like not going to be for everybody. Like not everyone is going to love what you're offering. And so doing things in a way, like leaning into a personality side that doesn't alienate, but like some people might be like, "Mm, that's not for me. But for a lot of people and companies, they would say like, that is for me. Like I'm going to lean into that. So it is tough. I think you know, in the professional services space where I come from, a challenge we always faced was, okay, there's a lot of 
individual personalities and like a lot of humor woven throughout the actual fabric of the company. How do we portray that? How do we get that across um, without coming across as like just silly? Because in professional services, like you're dealing with right. some high level stuff sometimes. So it is it is challenging. And um, but there's also like a time and a place for different things. You might use a, a more like personality driven piece of content on social that you would not necessarily put on your website about page. So maybe that's the better question to ask is like, what is the, what is the content you're creating and, and where does it fit best? Yeah. Again, it's like when you're, when you're deciding to invest in employer branding content, you have to be very clear on what your goals are. We talked about this earlier. Like, am I addressing this? Is this just a feel good thing for our employee? There's like so many different ways you could go about it in terms of format. I love a supercut situation. I've had experience doing them. I think you guys, I think PTP has, you have a bunch on your website. So I know that's definitely within your wheelhouse. But what I personally love about a supercut is that it's like a really energetic, engaging way to show as many personalities as possible in like really quick snippets. But it also, to me, solves the challenge of who do we feature in these videos? Like, what if they're not here three weeks from now? Because you might think you know who has staying right. power, but at the end of the day, like, you can't control it. So it's a tough situation when you do a video, choose to feature three people in it, and then suddenly one of them is gone. And now what? Can you use the video anymore? Like, that's tough. Right. So, the, yeah, the risk is, like, if you if you tell very specific, if you tell a very specific story and and that person leaves and it's all about that one person, that's supposed to be representative of it. Yeah, well, the supercuts is fun. For those those, those people that don't know, supercut is essentially like a montage of often how we do it is we ask like one specific question, maybe two, and we get like 30 employees to answer the same question. And it's normally supposed to be like a more candid, authentic manner. And yeah. then, you know, and then, and then that way if someone does leave, Either the video is maybe five seconds shorter or they're just out of the video. Or it's just a just, quick flash through it. And flash like through it, it yeah. And, oh, yeah, right. And then it might not really yeah. matter so much. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back into employer branding because I think people in HR need help making good good content. So, like, let's say they've they've tackled the financial decision maker and, like, they've got a budget and they're getting ready for their first thing. Like, do you have any, like, do you have a step-by-step process that you like or do you have any recommendations for them on how they should approach or just what makes a good video? I've done it where I've prepared people with a set of questions and, like, I would write up questions based on, well, as a starting point, you need to know this person. Like, you, you need to, like, understand and who to, they are and to clarify you're saying if you're going to feature somebody in a video what, yeah. what are the first like if i if if i am marketing or hr and i want to feature you zach in a video for whatever reason like i need to know all the reasons why it's you we're choosing to feature and really like explain that to the person because while some people would love to be on video that terrifies a lot of people so just getting to know them and being able to craft questions that are prompts for them based on what you know about them. So I've done that. But what I've found is that even the most like social, charming, engaging people will come 
with something scripted and they're like reading off something in their brain. And I'm like, what, what is happening to you? Like, you're so, it's just me. It's just me asking you questions. Yeah. Pre-interviews I think are really important and to get the, to get the story, what they're going to say. And often sometimes you can get a good idea how they're going to be on video. And then other times you think they're going to be great and they're still, they like clam, clam up because yeah, just being on camera is something completely different. It's a totally different yes, piece. Yes, I'm experiencing that right now. And like, <laughs> I'm so for those of you not, <laughs> for those of you not watching, we are we do have a video version of this. That we yeah, I just feel yeah. like I've always been the person behind the camera. I mean, not like filming, but like right. prompting them and making sure they understand and all that stuff. And then the times that I have had to get in front of the camera briefly, like before today, I'm like, oh, okay, like. Now I get why right, these people got so awkward. <laughs> yeah, everything's different <laughs> yeah. now. But I think that um, something that I have done, which I actually loved, and I did it for a supercut, was I didn't give them any prep. We didn't even tell people that we were going to pull them in. We like basically secretly planned it in a room at our office um, and just had someone grabbing as many people as they could on the day and just say like, Hey, can you pop into this room for a second? And it made it so that it was super candid. Like no one had anything scripted. They were kind of grateful to be included. And at the end of the day, it also made it like a very inclusive experience because we weren't hand picking just a couple people to highlight. It was like, Hey, you're off the phone. Okay. You want to come into this like room real quick? So that I loved that. And that was, I liked the finished product so much more than in past times when I was prepping people and doing the pre-interview and saying, okay, you know, this thing you said is really great. So like, make sure you bring that up on video and then it would just like get in their heads and they couldn't really improvise and didn't really show like their true selves. So I really like the off the cuff stuff, but it's, it obviously depends on the company's needs. Right. It depends on the needs. It's so subjective. But I do think there's I, I do think there's something to be said about uh, feeling like you're actually hearing, like you're actually seeing and interacting with the people that you might try to work with someday. Yeah. And having like an unscripted and or just having people react to maybe being on set when they're unprepared. You know, that's like yeah. something we're trying to implement a lot more with our some of our work is yeah. that it's like like what if we just hit record as soon as they walk in? Yeah. You know, it's like, I what? love that stuff. Yeah. And it's like, let's just have them react. Let's like, let's, let's, you know, let's, because a lot of people, this is a whole new thing, especially in HR. And, you know, and we, and so far we've had like a lot of, I think a lot of good on um, feedback from that. Yeah. I just think like people are good at like spotting fakeness these days. There's just, we're just so much content and like, we're, yeah, the audience is so much more intelligent. Yes. Yeah. And like, no, no. The more intelligent, but they're more aware. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, they, they just have... I, that wasn't be, that wasn't be a slight of boomers. <laughs> they just, we all just have access to so much information. Like, hypothetically, if I'm a candidate considering applying to a job, I could spend 10 to 20 hours researching a company, researching everything I could possibly find about that company. So like, even if it's not just video content, which we're obviously talking about now, but like just in mm. general, like... I think a lot of companies forget that there's a key audience that's not just their customers. Like it's the internal employees that are currently there and potentially there in the future. And like, that's an important audience. And so 
how do you brand yourself as an employer of choice is like just often often forgotten about or just like not done well. So there's so many ways that companies can go about improving that. If I'm trying to have very strong retention and I want to look like a place to work outside of obviously the benefits, like what, what, what would you say? Like I'm a, I care so much about websites. There's some people who are like, my clients aren't going to look at the website. Like maybe, but new people will. Like I feel like a company's website is their, oftentimes the first impression and you can never go back and change your first impression. And so that's not true. I read it takes roughly 75 to 77 new impressions to debunk the first one. Oh, okay. If it's in good <laughs> to know. Got it. Okay. So they would just have to revisit the yeah, site 75 so more times. times. That's interesting though. I never thought about a website being for candidates um, as their first impression of where they, and probably something where it's like, if they were apply there or they get a job, they're, they're like going to show their family and friends like this is where I work and they send them the website. I sometimes will see companies that I know the inner workings of the company. Like I know the founders, I know that whatever, like I know what the personality is and then I'll look at their website and there's some like really stiff stuff that does not match what the actual personality is at all. It's just that they were probably told they need videos at some point and they didn't really know what to create and they just kind of made some explainers. But in my opinion, it didn't really match kind of like what the real personality is. So, um, yeah, I just, I personally just really like the personality driven videos. It's also helpful. Um, not just people you're hoping to hire, but when you have new hires, when you're going through the onboarding process, like when you're being onboarded in a corporate job, like you're going through so much stuff, like benefits and like employee handbook and like corporate stuff, but having the content that kind of reminds people like who we are as a company, like what are our operating principles, like what are the development, like stuff like that is just a really good reminder for existing employees too. Do you have an example of what like kind of a reminder video would be like? I know we just worked with uh, someone and one thing that they're doing is like a milestone video. So it's oh. like, it's like, congratulations for being here 90 days. And then like 150 days, it's like, remember here at XYZ, we are doing this and that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And uh, a founder's video that they don't give them right away, but they give them towards the end when, whenever they get, whenever they get the first chance to meet the founder, they do like a, they're doing like a founder's video on how it got started, but in like a tongue in cheek way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. I was curious if you had like, I don't think I have any off the top of my head, but what I do like that concept because I think the bigger the company, the more separation there is between like founder and CEO right. and everybody else. Like if you're at a smaller company, you might see the CEO every single day, but mm -hmm. like, the more separation there is, the more important it is to like be reminding the employees of who's making the decisions, why. Like I hear people all the time complain about lack of transparency. Where is our company going and why? Like there's a lot of people who, whether they're lower in the totem pole or what, but they're just like not getting that information. And they I think for- They want to know that their work is going to lead to something or yeah, know where they're yeah, going. Yeah, people like sense. you can't, this is my opinion, but like you can't do your best work if you don't understand the why. Like anytime I'm supporting and managing a team, like 
they need to know exactly why I'm telling or asking them to do X, Y, and Z. And like, how does it impact the business? So I think content that features um, founder, CEO, whatever, like for internal employees, I think that when done well can be very helpful. I've also seen it like not done well. And so that can be detrimental. So it's worth putting thought into it. Any more advice on bridging the gap between HR and marketing? No, I just think that it's important to work as partners. If you're operating in a silo and creating this type of content and it, for whatever reason, doesn't match what the HR and talent acquisition team is or what the CEO's outlook is, like it's just not going to be as valuable. And one last question I just thought of, what, when is it time for HR to get marketing involved? <laughs> uh, early in the process? <laughs> Very early on, first thing. So um, as it relates to employer branding content, I, I would suggest that HR is talking to marketing up front about like, hey, here's a challenge that we're having in hiring or retaining or whatever, or here's a new initiative that we're launching as a company. So a new... Um, a new DEI program that is going to really elevate the employee resource groups and stuff like that. Like just going to marketing with those goals, because if we don't know those, if we as marketers don't know those goals, then we can't really provide or create the best content. Um, I do also think marketers are probably more likely to have ideas on how the content should look and then potentially have more contacts in terms of video production and all that stuff. So, and of course there might be a ton of HR people out there who like are pros at this stuff, but like, right. you know, obviously a marketing mindset is, is different. So, but yeah, early on in the process work as partners. Um, that's my suggestion. Demystify branded content versus employer branded content. Um, obviously both are based in storytelling, but really to two different audiences. So like branded content would be content about your product or your service or whatever. The employer branding content is storytelling surrounding who you are as an employer, why you're an employer of choice, giving an inside look into the culture the company's goals, like what makes the company unique. So it's the same type of storytelling, but just in my mind, two very different audiences. For someone in employer branding, what are what do you think is the most important thing to give off a, a good first impression? Um, realness. I just feel like not cookie cutter, hi, this is what we do. This these are the benefits that we offer and these are the perks and like we have free lunch and like this is where our offices are, like people can find that information in other ways. I just think that like just real authentic inside look stuff is going to be most valuable. Uh, I kind of want to tell a story like, okay, like what? Like, uh, like, so another maybe greener CMO or like HR representative, like they're in that room and I'm like, what tools we can give them to get approval for video content. Right. So it's challenging. Like it's, you know, it can be hard when 
you see the value so much in this thing, this system or this tool or this video or whatever. And you know that you need to get permission from someone who is going to have no understanding of its impact. Um, so it's tough. It, it's like, I would never say it's, it's easy, but if we go back to those tips on like understanding the audience, like, um, obviously leaning on the marketing team to establish a voice and a brand for the company. Yeah. 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 And, um, sometimes you have to also be creative with your budgeting. Like there's, yeah, yeah. unpack, unpack <laughs> that. What does, what does creative with your budgeting mean? Let's just say you had a line item in your budget that you labeled like corporate branding. That's a little vague. There's a lot of things that like I would have fall into that kind of like line item. Um, for instance, like something like a glass door or the muse, like those things technically are in my mind, corporate branding, there's digital profiles, but then there's also the content that goes along with it. So, um, just finding creative ways. And there's also been times when I've had to take money out of something else to use on employer branding content. Cause I knew it was important. Like I could see the impact right. and, um, I just had to take money out of something that we were running, but maybe was less impactful for it. Do you hear that, America? Squirrel away money in line items. <laughs> yes, yes. That if you is, didn't pick up anything you, from today. Yes. That's my number one tip for yeah, leadership. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> CFOs everywhere are going to be seeing corporate branding and all, <laughs> all these line items. Yeah. Like, that yeah. feels high for signs. You guys heard it here <laughs> first. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming in today, Hannah. Of um, course. This is really fun talking to you. And I think it is... Yeah, I mean, it's something that we at PTP deal with all the time is like, like you feel at times like I should probably be talking to someone in marketing about this, <laughs> yeah. um, but that you can tell they're either disconnected or yeah. they're not speaking. And yeah, I hope this really helps people, you know, bridge that gap. Yeah. And I think, you know, just based on knowing what I know about PTP, like th this is definitely like the employer branding space is definitely a niche that you guys have. And I think you guys crush it in that regard. So happy Thank to come here. <laughs> <laughs> happy to come here and talk to you about it, obviously. Cool.